Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, I am the King Simon Miller, and given that AEW did just have a dynamite show, it's time to take the finger of power and give the good bits and up and the bad bits and down. And when you think about it, what the flub does that even mean? The Jericho Appreciation Society were out to start dynamite. This was one of the most sports entertainment things we have ever seen on All Elite Wrestling. But it makes perfect sense because they are sports entertainers. They were celebrating Chris Jericho's big Ring of Honor title win and they all came out in these purple suits which essentially made them look like Barney the Dinosaur. And they'd also hired Luigi Primo, the pizza-making wrestling guy, I suppose, to make them some pizzas. So straight away I was laughing, especially because old Luigi here basically turned heel. Because he told the crowd they weren't going to get pizza and then Daddy Magic was like, yeah, you're not going to get pizza. And Anna JS was like, you're not going to get pizza. And Chris Jericho was like, that's right, nobody gets pizza. And do you know what wrestling show has been promoting the power of pizza since day one? It's this show right here. Well, no, I'm not a show. I'm a human being. But I've always said that. People go, Simon, you make many too many pizza references. Oh, yeah? Well, what did we just say? Anna JAS also got so mad at one point, she said she was going to choke everybody out. So she's a loon. And by the time Jericho had a microphone, he was like, hi, I am going to bring a new spotlight to Ring of Honor because that company absolutely sucks. And it starts later in the main event where I take on Bandido, a dude that used to be Ring of Honor champion, but he never got his guaranteed title rematch. So there you go. All you absolute crazies on the internet. They addressed it and they justified it and they explained it. Daniel Garcia then got involved because Jericho was trying to kiss his ass because he bought him a brand new purple Kango hat. But clearly he's not into these things anymore because he took it and he threw it on the ground like he was listening to the Lonely Island. He also smacked Luigi and that got a massive pop when he said, listen, Christopher, I don't want to be a sports entertainer anymore. That's not why I got into this business. Quite frankly, I don't want to be in the Jericho Appreciation Society anymore. Not gonna lie, shed a small tear. Jericho got wind of this beforehand. It was all like, whoa, 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 you better choose right here, Dan, because if you do leave, I'm gonna pop you right in the face. And we never actually got a proper answer because this is when Brian Danielson and William Regal came out. So again, yes, it was like Raw. But you're allowed to be like Raw. Why on earth would you want to live in a world where the only thing that was Raw was Raw? They all started arguing over Garcia like they were separated parents and he was the poor child. 
And then Jericho took this way too far because he was like, Daniel Garcia belongs to me. He's mine. I was like, ha ha, you're insane. The end result was basically Daniel Garcia. I tell you what, sports entertaining. Me teaming up with Brian Danielson to take on you and Sammy Guevara. And I do think that's happening at around about this time is when Daddy Magic... <laughs> lost his mind was like man i want to fight everyone danielson was like well that's good because tony khan said to me just before i came out do you want to have a 15 minute match and i choose you this rock though i mean it was just so silly but it was enjoyable and daniel garcia right now is just the prettiest girl at the ball and everybody wants his attention i don't know about you but that seems to be like a pretty good way in order to make a star i am giving it up it also meant that our first match was indeed the american dragon taking off daddy magic and you have no idea how much this pleased me my heart was just going yeah yeah because my heart sings when i am in a good mood i wanted to see this for a long ass time because i do enjoy the chaos too i wanted matt menard to win and when william regal joined the commentary team he said to excalibur oh look at you you rice crispy treat. That was it. I just tapped out. I was like, I can't handle this anymore. Everyone is being too ridiculous. Of course, back in the ring, Danielson beat up Matthew for a little while. But when they were brawling on the outside, Daddy Magic kind of got back into this using underhanded tactics, especially because Angelo Parker, his best friend, is swinging around at ringside and he was cast in distraction. It also meant that Brian got crotched and hit with a DDT. Once again, I was praying for scorched earth here. I wanted Daddy to pin him and get the win. I may have dropped down to my knees like, please, please make it happen. But of course he didn't. Instead, Claudio Castagnoli came out to get rid of Parker like, you meddling kid, I'm sick of you. When Daniel Bryanson, that's not his name, but we're going to go with it, hit the running knee and he got the one, two, three. Now, that was always going to happen. And I know the opening segment was long, but I enjoyed it. I just go with how I feel in the moment. I felt like I was happy. AEW then went out of their way to justify why we are having Juice Robinson versus John Moxley later because they had a video when we were told, look, Juice Robinson is a free agent, but also he has beaten Moxley in the past. So now he feels like he's earned his shot. So once again, everybody just needs to calm down. But given that you won't calm down, let's just do it. I can't believe that Juice Robinson just rocks in from New Japan or whatever promotion he's supposed to be in and is allowed to fight John Moxley and potentially get a title shot in the future. Oh my gosh, don't even get me started on Bandido. That's not even a real name. I mean, what is he, in a band? Oh, seriously, Pesipus. Why are you never happy? Why can't you just like the things you like and you don't like something, just ignore it? Because if I do that, what the hell would I say on Twitter? Angry. Angry Octopus. We were then told it was meant to be time for Maxwell Jacob Freeman, who was going to come out here and cut an interview. But instead, Wheeler, you are rocked out wasn't happy. I mean, the main thing he was super pissed about was that last week, MGF had put his hands on Tony Schiavone. So I suppose Tony Schiavone these days is like everybody's grandma. We want to protect him. Wheels also said that MGF just keeps coming out with cliche catchphrases and that he is always hiding behind some goons, including recently The Firm. You can't argue with that. It is true. So out came MJF. He was wearing a Mets jersey, so we're still doing that. And he also said, <laughs> Philadelphia, the place where people move if they can't afford to live in New York. And he turned to Tony Schiavone and he said, you are nothing but a fat old prick or a fat old piece of shit or something like that. And everybody went boom. He basically then went back and forth. And I tell you, Wheeler Utah can more than hold his own. So let's keep that in our brains. And I swear at one point he even said, Maxwell, I'm going to leave you in a pool of blood. 
Now, he may have said pool of your own blood, and I've missed it, but I was like, I need to know this. Is it going to be a pool of Maxwell Jacob Freeman's own blood, or are you going to go to the store, and are you going to buy some blood? Because if you are, I know somebody that may give you a discount, the butcher and the blade. Although, actually, well, we need to talk about it later. It then looked like they were going to get into it when the gun club arrived, of course, to form some kind of a shield. Maxwell... (laughs) was so disgusted with this crowd, he's like, I will not say my catchphrase. So Austin Gunn said it instead. And I do think we're getting MGF versus Wheeler Utah next week. Now, Wills is not going to win because that would be ridiculous. But I like this little feud. It has lit a fire under Wheeler Utah's ass, which he has needed, because the Blackpool Combat Club are basically being like, yeah, we had a great time, but we're going to go off with Daniel Garcia now. So as long as this is a really good match, I think this may actually be quite successful. Up. John Moxie versus Juice Robinson was after this. And look, I totally get it. If you're not into New Japan, you may be like, well, why should I care about Juice Robinson, which you're allowed to do. But I like him, so I had a good time. He also went mega ass here because he jumped Jonathan right away when he wasn't looking. But then he just kept posing. And this was a bit like when you're playing WWE 2K22 and you accidentally hit the taunt button. And then there is no button to cancel the taunt. So your opponent starts sneaking in. You're like, man, he's going to punch me in the face. He does. Here, though, Moxie just clotheslined him to the floor. And yes, the entire time MGF was watching, because don't forget, he's got that massive oversized chip that I think he can cash in at any time. This then kind of became a massive brawl with Robinson being thrown over Timmy the timekeeper's table. When they were punching each other in the face, Juice bit John Moxley. And if you think about it, that is not normal behavior. He followed up with a cannonball onto Mox, who was also against Barry Barricade. And the next time we saw Johnny... Somehow, (laughs) he was bleeding. Now, I shouldn't laugh at this because it's super duper serious. But it's a bit like that scene in Talladega Nights when Will Ferrell (laughs) keeps getting naked and nobody really knows why. Juice then missed another cannonball off the apron. That looked absolutely horrendous. When Moxley hit that cutter again, and as I've said once and as I've said twice, everybody must use a cutter in 2022. Otherwise, the projective seal around the earth goes away and aliens will attack and kiss us all. Not kiss us all. (laughs) No, that's much better. (laughs) I was going to say kill us all. No, aliens come down. They start kissing. That's Independence Day 3. There was this great reversal out of the Death Rider into Pulp Friction. And the commentators sold that like, oh my gosh, Juice Robinson's going to win here. And don't forget, it was non-title, so it could have happened. But instead he didn't. John Moxley ticked out. Not only did he then start smashing away at Juice, but he locked in this arm bar or this arm crossbreaker's submission. And Juice Robinson tapped out straight away. And he gets a round of applause for that because instantly I was like, well, what a devastating move. AEW were also in full on let's keep this going mode. Because as soon as we were done, Hangman Adam Page walked to the ring. Because of course he's the next challenger. He must have pressed start on controller two to John Moxley. And because it's super duper serious... They stared at each other. Don't forget the cowboy got this after he was victorious in the Willy Wonka Battle Royal. And of course, this is when MGF got on the mic and said, look, this is an absolute waste of time. It doesn't matter who does win between either of you because you're going to lose to me. But then like Batman, Wheeler Utah appeared behind Maxwell and they started to have a fight. So all of this was such a well-book-ended segment. I had a jolly old time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. But then you got another video, this time for Bandidos. Once again, just try and relax a little bit. When Dynamite did get a little bit weird. So came Soraya, the former Paige, and the first thing she did was go wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I may be damaged, but I'm not broken, which ties into the storyline from the week where nobody knows if she actually is going to wrestle. But by the way she said it, I presume she will be. What made my eyebrow go up a little bit is then she started talking about a women's revolution and how she's in AEW in order to change everything around. And I get it, like it's a good thing to say, but there was a part of me, my nerd part, my geek part, my annoying part, that was like, right, so an ex-WWE person is here to make the All Elite Wrestling Women's Division better. Oh, I think that's a very good idea. It doesn't actually matter, but it didn't look particularly good, especially when she said, hi, all the good guys, why don't you come to the ring? And then she put over Tony Storm as the best AEW Women's Champion ever. Now, one, Tony Storm should be doing this because she is the champion, so give her the microphone. <laughs> Too. Clearly some of the fans in the arena weren't buying this because they booed a little bit. This is when Britt Baker, Rebel, Jamie Hayter and Penelope Ford came out, which was a bit strange, but it was about to make sense. And they got into it with Baker saying, oh man, I held this company together and you can't even hold your neck together. <laughs> Soraya said, you shouldn't talk about my name or something because your name, it's quite late in the video, rhymes with shit. I mean, Brit, that word, yeah, it does. That's really, <laughs> it was just a really bad insult. Baker also said that Jamie Hayter is going to be next in line for the title when all of a sudden Soraya got magical GM powers because she was all like, oh yeah, I know Serena D versus Tony Storm is next and I talked to Tony Khan and it's going to be a lumberjack match. I just looked off in the distance and I said... Why? So this was just a little bit all over the place, and it does seem like because she has come in, we have now delayed the Britt Baker Jamie Hater feud. And that's actually something I wanted to see. So I'm not a hundred percent sure this clipped as intended. Probably gonna give it a down. However, there was a lot of good to come out of this because one, it was a long talking segment featuring the women, and we do need to do that more. And also straight after this, it was Serena D versus Tony Storm, and it was flubbing great even though there was a bunch of lumberjacks around the ring. I really could have done without that, mostly because I can never justify it in my head. Like if somebody came backstage and said, oh, Simon, there's quite the, uh, the old brickle burner about to go down out there. Would you mind coming and being some kind of a forcer around the squared circle? But no, 
got things to do. Steve and Storm did chop the shib out of each other, and of course the good guys were always trying to help the good guy, and the bad guys were always trying to help the bad guy when they did go out of the ring. And at one point, Dean was like, oh my gosh, I've been beaten up too much, I need a breather. And Athena was like, nah, threw her back in the ring. This must have been a massive error though, because Storm instantly went for sweet cheek music in the corner. She totally missed, as Dean went for the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up but I only got a two. Storm was then doing the same so I was gone, which is when Hater pulled her out of the ring. And this is when everything went mad because Sky Blue was getting punched in the face and Willow Nightingale was chasing everybody away. And I suppose that is good because at least we featured more people. Dee was then going for all her finishes, but Tony Storm would not allow her. But I tell you, at one point Dee did this roll through after a cross body and she locked on a single leg Boston Crab. I was just like, so, so smooth, smoother than my head. But it didn't work either though. And instead they started beating each other up in the corner when they climbed up the ropes. Tony Storm hit this avalanche pile driver and they jumped backwards too and you have no idea how terrifying that would be. Or maybe you do, I don't know. But the point is, it absolutely rocked as did this match. It is getting it up. The Acclaim were then chatting backstage and they said that next week is National Scissors Day. So that works out very well. And that come Rampage, they are offering an open challenge for somebody to come and try and take their belts. This is when Keith Lee interrupted and mentioned that Swerve Strickland wasn't here this evening because of that hurricane. I can't remember if I brought it up now, but some of the things that happened on this dynamite were last minute because there was a ravaging storm down in Florida. (laughs) He said, doesn't matter that Swerve's not here though, because he's exceptionally disgruntled. So that is absolutely going to be my new nickname, the exceptionally disgruntled Simon Miller. And he turned to Billy Gunn and he was all like, look, he hates you the most because you're the reason we lost our belts. And then he looked at Max Caster and Anthony Bones and said, he's carrying you. He walked off. <laughs> Shots fired. Billy Gunn didn't seem to care because he said he had two words for him. Scissor me. And I was like, oh man, daddy ass. Internet gonna get mad. They had some absolutely random stuff that AEW does like to do from time to time. Because we were backstage with Private Party, Andrade, and the Butcher and the Blade and a bunch of other people. And they were all arguing. Now, at first, I was like, well, I get it. Ties into earlier. They probably wanted a discount in the Butcher and Blade shop. And the Butcher and the Blade said, no. And I get it, too. We all want cheap meat. And this is when Andrade was like, look, you all work for me. And if you don't like it, why don't you flub off? Especially you, Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn. When Matt Hardy walked in, I was all like, oh, guys, I can help you if you want. I was like, wait a minute. Didn't Matt Hardy screw these two over or vice versa a few months ago? I mean, I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. And look, I've no problem with the AFO being back on TV either. And again, if it ties into the hurricane, this does make sense. But we haven't done anything with this for ages. And I worry that post-hurricane, not that guy, you know what I'm talking about, that we're just going to forget about it again. And if you had only just started watching Dynamite like a week ago, you'd be like, what? Are these people all aligned? So it was just a little bit too weird. And again, I appreciate AEW putting something together at such last minute. Damn. Ricky Starks then squashed somebody called Eli Isom, I believe. And once again, this probably did tie into the storm. But you've got to do what you've got to do. And I've got no problem with this because Ricky Starks should be on TV. Ricky Starks should be cutting promos. Ricky Starks should be winning matches. And sooner or later, Ricky Starks should be the AEW World Champion. This dude just has it all. So the fact that he got featured, no problem with this. Only lasted about two minutes. It was then time for our main event. And honestly, flub me sideways, man. Chris Jericho. Do not forget that he is over 50 years old. And every single week, he is just going out there now and essentially going, oh, that's right. I would like to be the GOAT. 
why don't I prove another reason as to why? And I wouldn't say that he's totally reinvented his character again, but he is just adding little tweaks because he was taking on Bandido here and they just had a flubbing great match. I mean, it was so good. It took all those nuts people that were going, I don't know who Bandito is. I can't believe it to, oh my gosh, Bandito, AEW should absolutely sign him. Because basically Chris Jericho must have gone and watched a bunch of Bandito matches and said to Mr. Doe, you are going to do all of that stuff to me. It was also great straight away because they did the code of honor handshake and Chris Jericho started to do all this other stuff before he flipped Bandito off. And then he was just nuts. Like he did this one twisting cross body thing over the top rope and then he went back to the top of the turnbuckle and he did another one that was even better. And somehow when they collided, they kind of got stuck together like glue before they fell to the floor. I have watched it four times and it doesn't make any sense. If you know anything about Bantu, not only is he really fast, but he has super duper power as well. So he gave Chris Jericho a press slam. At one point was holding him with one arm when he followed up with a vertical suplex that I think is still going on today. It just went on for ages and ages and you could just see Chris Jericho posting like a mother. You've got to give them a round of applause because it just worked. And I was just shouting praise, praise at the television because I'm a very strange guy. And at one point, Bandito went for the springboard but Chris Jericho hit him with a code breaker. But then about three seconds later, Bandito was hitting a hurricanrana onto Jericho from the apron to the floor. I was just flailing around like a Bailey buddy. He also counted a crisp springboard into a sunset flip. So I was like, right, we're done. 6.25 stars on Tokyo Dome. Bandino took so much of this match too, I suppose, to establish him. And of course, because Chris Jericho was going to win. But I'm going to go back to the fact that Chris Jericho is 50, 51, 52, whatever he is. And he just kept taking these crazy, crazy bumps. I mean, a snap crucifix bomb was from another world. And then they were on the top rope. And Bandido did that flipping fall away slap thing he did. It was such a big drop. And Chris Jericho could have walked in and gone, hey man, I don't want to take that. But he did and it was so damn special. All of these near falls then started to convince the fans, holy crap, Bandido is going to win. But of course he didn't. And mostly it came down to the fact that Jericho is an asshole and he took Bandido's mask he pulled it over his eyes. We still did get one last most devastating move in all of sports entertainment to try and trick the crowd, but eventually Jericho locked in the walls. Bandido had to tap out, but nobody lost here. The performance was too damn good, and it is getting it up. Chris Jericho cut promo afterwards too, where he said he wants to challenge every word the Ring of Honor champion, so that could be crazy good, depending on who does come back. But he also said this starts with Brian Danielson in a couple of weeks. And he wants to destroy ROH. That's his plan. So because Bobby Cruz, the ring announcer, or the promo guy, whatever, was in the ring, <laughs> Jericho just beat him up. So he is the ultimate heel. And again, he's just climbing his ladder to become a damn legend. He already is a legend. This was great. Which did bring us to the end of AEW Dynamite. And look, did this feel like a filler episode? Certain points certainly did, yes. But once again, they had to rewrite the thing at the last minute. And there was still some good on here. And it's like a wrestling card. You don't want the same dynamite week in, week in, week in, week in, because that would get boring. You want them to change it up a little bit, so I suppose at least it did have some variety, and we'll just get back to it next week. I have no problems giving it up. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.